Good morning. So many, many stories in the Bible, and uh, I was watching that just thinking, man, I've got the, new, new, uh, the next two sermon series uh, kind of already working, but I don't know how long we're going to go with this because I keep getting uh, led to more and more stories of the Bible that I need to be bringing to you. So I, I, I don't know how many more weeks we're going to do this, just, just following God because we've got just so many more. Some of the clips that you're seeing are actually from sermons, uh, supporting sermons that we're thinking about doing in the next few weeks that I'm working on. And so just pray with me about this because there's so much. And today we've got one for you called uh, Two Women and a Baby. Uh, it's not the movie, okay, but about two men and a baby, but two women and a baby. And I'll share that with you in just a few moments. Happy Mother's Day from 2911. And uh, you ladies, uh, if you haven't uh, gone by the table yet, please do so. And uh, I think Jamie's going to remind you at the end of the service to not forget to go by the table. They've got something special for you. Would you do me a favor? Would you turn around and see if there's a mother you haven't spoken to yet and tell her uh, happy Mother's Day? Uh, or maybe, maybe, if it's a, maybe if it's a young lady, you can say happy Mother's Day in the future or something. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Glad that you're here. I see, I see quite a few, several of you that are here today with your moms. I'm glad that you're here for that. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get into our message today. Uh, anybody got an idea where this is coming from? Two women and a baby? Yeah, okay. We'll go to the book of Kings in just a moment. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you, God, Lord, for uh, God, mothers, great mothers, Lord, real mothers, God, mothers that follow you, mothers that have chosen your way, God. I thank you, Lord, that I was blessed with that kind of a mom. God, a mom that loved you, Lord, and it taught me to love you. And, Lord, I just pray for our moms today. God, I know that they, I know they get tired, Lord. Um, I, I, I know, God, there's got to be, there's got to be something about that other chromosome that you give them, Lord, that just gives them extra strength. Because God, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how it is, God, that you, uh, that they go through all they go through, and they still just keep on kicking and keep on going and keep on. And I. God, I thank you for mothers. I thank you for how you created them, how you, how you designed them, God, to be exactly what we need, God. And not just as infants, but, Lord, all of our life, God, you gave them this. And I thank you, Lord, for your love that you showed to us by giving us the gift of moms. And I just pray, God, that you stir us all today and, and you help these moms, God. Give them an encouragement today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. All right, glad that you're here. Let's go to, the, let's go to our scripture, and uh, some of you, I think, picked it out. Y'all were nodding your head like, yeah, you know it, uh, so we'll see if you really do or not. First Kings chapter 3, uh, verse 16 through 19. Now, two prostitutes. Don't you wish we could scratch that out and say, okay, let's not talk about prostitutes. Let's just talk about moms, you know? But, but you know, you know what? I'll just, let me be honest with you, okay? Here, here's time for confession from the pastor, okay? I went and looked for another, I went and looked for another uh, a version of the Bible, another translation that didn't say harlot or prostitute because, you know, I think, hey, this is Mother's Day. I don't want to talk about prostitutes. I want to talk about moms. You know what? There's not one because that's what, that's what the Hebrew wanted you to know. They wanted you to know that this is who they were because we're going we're gonna to see a great mom here in, in just a, a few moments. And they wanted you to know that, a mom is a mom is a mom when they're a great mom. It said, now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, pardon me, my Lord. This woman and I live in the same house, and I had a baby while she was there with me. I had a baby. She was there with me. She knew I had the baby. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. And we were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. We were all alone. Nobody else knew this. During the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. Now, here's the rest of the story. She smothers her child, and she smothers her child, and then uh, the contention here is about this one that is telling the story, is that she then, in the middle of the night, takes her baby over, and she swaps babies. 
She brings her dead baby over to, to my bed and lays, lays uh, her dead baby next to me, and she takes my live baby back to bed with her. So the next morning when I wake up and I'm going to nurse my baby, I, I realize my baby's dead, but then I, I look, and I, I look a little better, and I realize this isn't my baby. And I, I look over the other bed, and there's my baby. And, and she has stolen my baby. She has, she has swiped it, you know, and I guess you know, I've kind of thought through this, and it could be the other way around you know, that it happened, but... but one of these is the right mom, and one is the fake mom of the live baby. And so they're standing there before Solomon, and this, this, is, a, 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 this is right after we find, if, you, if, you, if you'll back up there in Second Kings, you'll back up, you'll see this is right after we see Solomon praying and asking God for wisdom. And this is really the, the, the first story, and it's really the, the main story that we get about Solomon's wisdom is this one right here. Because as they're there and, and they're arguing back and forth, they said, no, it's not, that's my child. The live child is mine. And the other one said, no, the live child is mine. And they're going back and forth and back and forth. Somebody posted uh, a little message to me, a comment on Facebook yesterday to something that I had posted and something about Solomon and all of his wisdom. And I said, I think the wisest thing Solomon did this day was he, was he didn't get in the middle of their argument that was right there. I mean, get in the middle of two moms. I mean, y'all, y'all ever been to the ballpark? Y'all, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Get in the middle of two moms arguing over their children or something? I mean, you know, that'd be, that'd be the wisest thing to do is just step. And you know what? He did. He stepped back. And here's what he did. He said, bring me a sword. Maybe you know this story. But he said, bring me a sword. They bring a sword, and he says, take the live baby and cut it in half and give half to each mom. And then one mom spoke up. Now, the Bible kind of cues us on whether this is the real mom or not, but you'll get it figured out pretty quick. One mom speaks up and says, wait a minute. No, give the child to her. Just give the child. Don't cut it in half. Give the child to her. And then Solomon immediately says, give the child to her because she's the real mom. And every time I've ever heard this sermon preached, every time I've ever read this story, every time it's ever been taught or anybody's ever referred to it, we've always referred to it about being about Solomon and about his wisdom. He's always the focus of the message, but not today. Because today I want to focus on these two women who were fighting over this baby. One was the real mom, and one, for today we're going to call her the fake mom, okay? Uh, she was a mom, uh, yeah, because her child had died, but... She wasn't a mother, not like we understand mothers. She's not the mother that I grew up with. Come on, somebody say amen. She's not the mother that a lot of you grew up with. She's not that, that's, so, so I call her the fake mother. Even though she had a baby, I call her the fake mother today. And so there, there's a few things about this fake mother that I want to bring to your attention, and I want to bring to your attention a few things about the real mother this morning. And I want us to close in prayer over our moms and have our moms also praying for us today. Three things about this. And the first one is, you know, you know here, here's, the th- here's the thing that the fake mom did, is in the middle of the night, she, she accidentally rolled over on top of her, and she smothered her baby, right? I thought, wow, what a what, perfect symbolism. I mean, that's the very first point. Fake mothers smother their children. Perfect point, perfect example. Fake mothers smother their children. They smother them with love, right? Because, oh, that's what mothers are supposed to do. We're supposed to give them so much love. They smother them with love, and they smother them. They give them all the things they want. I mean, no, no child of a, of a fake mother, a mother or a child smother, you know, ever wanted for anything because as soon as they begin crying or whatever, you know, they're sticking something in the mouth they're giving to, you know, and, and listen, as a granddad now, let me, say, let me say something to you, fake mothers who are smothering your children. Quit doing that. 
Because that's my job. I'm the one that's supposed to be giving them everything. That, you know, it's, it's, it's my job to do that. You're not supposed to be doing that, Mom. You're not supposed to be smothering them. Y- y'all ever heard about the terrible twos? Anybody? <laughs> you ever, anybody ever had somebody, a kid going through the terrible twos? You had one of your kids go through the terrible Anybody? Come on, anybody have somebody go through the terrible How many of you got somebody going through the terrible twos in your family right now? Okay, got it. Right, bro. She understands totally. Can I tell you something about the terrible twos? They don't magically disappear when the child turns three. Okay, and that's got some of you scared, okay? You know, because you're thinking, then will they ever go away? Let me tell you, sometimes, no, they never go away because of child smotherers, because of mothers who smother their children. He's like, here's the problem. Here's what happens in the terrible twos. I had somebody explain this to me after both our kids were through the terrible twos. I said, why didn't somebody tell me that then, you know? I thought, you know, I thought all of a sudden somebody had, had taken my baby away, you know, and, and had inserted a demon into our, into our lives, you know, something. So why, why didn't somebody explain this to me? And say, here's the thing. It's for the first couple of years. I mean, nobody says no to the child. And then they become two, and they're able to understand enough that you start saying no, 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 no. And you, you pat their hand a little bit. And you know what? It's the first time anyone's ever said no to them, and what happens? <laughs> you get the reaction. You get the, you, you get the falling in the floor fits. And Kristen was telling us the other day, now, Colin's not quite two yet, but he's starting to roll into those things. And she said the other day, he got really upset about something. He fell in the floor and, you know, pitched his little fit. And some of you, you've seen this. I mean, we saw it with our kids too. She said she just ignored him. So he got up and he walked down the hall and he saw his big sister, so he fell in the floor in front of her and started pitching a fit, right? You know? And that's what you get, but here's the problem, is the smotherers that never say no, the twos never disappear. And, and, and I, know, I know what you're trying to do because I, I know, I, you know, it, it, sometimes it gets to be almost more than you can handle, and you just want to give them what they need so they'll be quiet, go to sleep, or go down the hall and play or something. You just want to, you know, just a little bit of peace, and so you want to give them. But the problem is, I know, I know they're irritating you to death, but if you don't start telling them no when they're two, they may be irritating you to death right now, but they're going to irritate the rest of us for the rest of their life. And something that's going on today in our society, what we're watching, is we don't just have cases of the terrible twos. We got a lot of cases of the terrible teens. Come on, somebody say amen or oh me, I'll preach here a while. And we got, a, we got a lot of problems and cases of the, the terrible 20s even. And even the terrible 30s. I mean, we, we got adults who do not know how to say no to themselves because their mom never taught them to say no. This is a fake mom. A fake mom that smothers their children and, 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 and covers them with so much love. That was a, I just thought just what a beautiful example of that. And, and then also about this fake mom. The child, the baby is always about them. A fake mom, the baby is always about them. I mean, that's, that's the, oh, I, I, it's just going to be so wonderful. I'm going to have this baby, and I'm going to walk around with it, and I'm going to enjoy it, and da-da-da-da-da. Can I tell you something? Babies are not fashion accessories. But if you, if you watch Hollywood, and if you look at the tabloids, you see the pictures, and you see the little video snippets on, on, on all these little TV news shows and entertainment shows and all this stuff, you would think that babies are fashion accessories. You know, that they're walking around with them on their hip like they're, you know, they're walking down, you know, walking down the aisle, you know, showing off. And here's my baby and, and everything. And, and I mean, if you hear these people talk, 
If you hear the, you know, the, 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 this, this Hollywood uh, personality of a mother talk, these, these, I mean, you, you hear them talk about these babies as if, as if it's something about, it's an extension of them, and this is something that, that becomes who I am. But here's the problem. It's just with this moment. You know what happened? I mean, it was wonderful. Oh, man, I've got a baby. Look at me. And everybody was ooing and eyeing. And you know what? She was a prostitute. Everybody had always looked down on her. No doubt, when she walked down the, down the, the street now, there were some people that, started looking her way again. Maybe some people smiled at her again for the very first time because she had this baby. And and there was something narcissistic going on with her holding and hanging on to this baby. And, And the baby was wonderful and everything was great until the baby quit giving her what she needed. And the moment that she felt her motherhood was over, what'd she do? She took her dead, lifeless baby and traded it for another. There's not a real mom in this world that would even trade. I mean, I'm talking about their, their baby even after. There's not a real mom in this world that would trade their baby even after it was dead, trade their baby for another child. Because a mother's love doesn't end with the last breath. A mother's love doesn't end when a child passes away. A mother's love goes beyond the grave. A mother's love will go into eternity. And there's not a real mom in this world who wouldn't, who wouldn't give her life over the life, even the body of her dead baby to make sure that she had that and to be able to bury it and take care of it in the right way. But this woman, she threw it away. As soon as she wasn't getting from this baby what she needed, she threw it away. And there's an epidemic of that in this world today. As soon as we don't get what we want from our babies, a lot of mothers are throwing their children away casting them aside, making them become something. They're, they're not important anymore because I'm not getting. I mean, it used to be that mothers weren't mothers just as long as their kids needed them, but mothers were mothers all of their lives. But many mothers today, and I said, I think it's an epidemic in our, in our society here in the United States of America, is they are mothers as long as they are getting what they need from their children. And There's a pride issue also with fake mothers. Now, here's the way I kind of see this thing playing out. In the middle of the night, this fake mom wakes up and realizes she's rolled over on top of her baby and she's smothered it. Now, what would any real mother be doing at this moment? Screaming bloody murder, somebody come help, my child isn't breathing, right? I mean, nobody in the room would be asleep anymore, and nobody on the street would be asleep. Everybody would hear this mom screaming out loud, but what does she do? She sees her lifeless, dead baby there, and she starts thinking about, what does this mean to me? You know, everybody that was smiling at me yesterday as I carried my baby down the street, now today, you know, they're going to think I'm a horrible mother because I don't even know how to take care of my baby. There's a pride issue here that, that she couldn't admit that she had done that, but instead in the middle of the night, she goes and she swaps her own child, the, the flesh of her flesh, Bone of her bone, I mean, her own child, she swaps it in the middle of the night so that everybody will think she's a good, oh, and everybody will think she's the bad mother in the room. Everybody will think, I can take care of a baby, but everybody will think they can't. Let me tell you something, you, you young to-be moms, you ones that aren't yet moms, and, and, and you younger ones that, you know, aren't even married yet. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something, is that God didn't call you to be perfect. He didn't call you to do a perfect job. I need some moms to testify for just a second. Can I, can I get you to testify? All you got to do is raise your hand a minute, okay, if this is you. 
Can I get some moms to testify? If you would just say, you're a mom, and you have blown it several times, maybe a lot of times with your kids. Would you just raise your hand and say, I hadn't been perfect. Come on, look, come on. I want, you, I want you to see that. You younger moms and you moms-to-be, I want you to understand that God doesn't call you to be perfect. You know what he calls you to be? He calls you to be there. And when you mess up, be there. When you mess up, own it. When you mess up, fix it and be there. And, and when you don't know what to do, just be there. When you don't have the words to say, just take them in your arms and just be there. God doesn't call us to be perfect. God doesn't call us to always do it right. And so we fail if we, we mess up. And that's what this world is thinking. And so we put on this persona of everything's got to be perfect in my family. My goodness, I get sick of that. I can't, I can't, help, I can't help anybody that's perfect. I can't help any, any mom. I mean, you know, you come to me and say, Pastor, I just want you to pray. We don't really have any problems, but, you know, but I just want you to pray over my child anyway. It's like, you know, come on, be real. There's not a perfect child in this world, and there's not a perfect mom in this world because God didn't call us to be perfect. He didn't give you that child to be the perfect mom. He gave you that child for you to be there with them, for you to stand with them, and that's where we want to lead into the real mom because the real moms, they do what is right. They don't do what children want. They do what children need. Somebody say amen. Man, help me out here just a little bit. I hear the men a little bit. Ladies, help me out here. Real moms do what children need, not what children want. You know, here's, here's the issue. is when you do everything that your child wants out of you, you know, some, some mothers think that what they're supposed to be is they're, they're supposed to run around behind their child with a little pillow. You know, when they're riding their bicycle, let me get the pillow out because they might fall off their bicycle and i got to catch them. You don't have any Band-Aids in the house? I mean, come on, let me tell you something about, about it, moms. I mean, one of, the, one of the most awesome things I've been able to do is be there when my kids were bleeding. Come on, somebody. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, God didn't call us to fix everything before it happened. God called us to be there when it happens. And you know, what, you know what takes place in the life of your child when you're protecting them from it? They don't grow up. They don't understand how life works. You see, because they go, to, they go to work, and guess what? You're not there, Mom. You know, the boss don't treat them like you've been treating them all these years. And they don't understand why, why they can't just pitch a little fit, and the boss doesn't say, oh, oh, okay, I'll give you the raise that you want. They don't understand that anymore because mom's always running around with a pillow and catching. And one of the most awesome things you can do, mom, is be there to kiss the boo-boos. You'll never kiss a boo-boo if you protect them from every single thing that ever happens in their life. And the worst part of it is, is what ends up happening is you take the place of God in their life. You know the song we just sang a moment ago? Wow, awesome song. Uh, God is marvelous, uh, uh, wonderful, uh, glorious, amazing. Children who grow up with mothers that smother, they never learn how awesome God is because they never get in a place where they need God because they got mom. Amen or oh me. I, I, I know I'm preaching truth today, so I'll just amen myself if I need to. All right. Y'all heard about the preacher that wore himself out preaching one day because he said it was so tough I had to go down, sit on the front pew, and amen myself. And I was back and forth all, all during the whole sermon. I know I'm preaching truth this morning. I know I'm preaching and, and the mothers that are real mothers do the right thing. And they understand that they are not to be in the place of God. They are the instrument of God. Because of my mom today, not in spite of my mom, thank God. 
I mean, thank God, listen to that. I get to say, and moms, this is where you want to be one day. You want your children to be able to say what I'm about to say is that because of my mom, not in spite of her, I know that God is a, is a, is a wonderful God. I know that he's a marvelous God. I know that he's a glorious God. I know that he's an amazing God because of my mom, not in spite of her today. That's a real mother. That's a real mother, a mother who understands it's not my place to get in here and fix everything before it happens. It's my place that when the boo-boos happen, pick them up and say, well, let's pray over it. Oh, that's, that's the place of a mom. God didn't give you to them to, to take his place. He gave you them to introduce him to your child. That is your utmost responsibility, mom. But as long as you're running along with a, with a pillow and fixing everything before it happens, as long as you have all the answers, they will never know how amazing and how marvelous and how glorious and how wonderful God can be in their lives. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you're not this real mother yet, back off. Let God have some room to fix some things in their lives. Let God have some room to do some awesome. Give them what they need. And quit giving them so much of what they want. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to help me not be mean here. But sometimes, Mom, find an excuse. To say no. I know that sounds mean, doesn't it? Find an excuse. Yeah, sometimes you have to look for an opportunity to say no. One of the things that, that Kristen started with Brooklyn, and it's, it's just funny to us to use it now, but we started using it. Kids don't understand, you know, that this toy is too expensive or this toy isn't or whatever. And she started telling her what's well, not in the budget. You know what? A two-year-old has no idea what that means. All they know is mom said no. It's not in the budget. It's hilarious now. Because now she's three and, three and a half years old, and you know, you take her into Walmart, and she says, she picks up this big, huge thing. Hey, what about this, Pop? Can I have it? I say, it's not in the budget. And so then, you know, she'll put it back, and so she'll start grabbing things, and people get to snickering behind our backs because they hear her when she picks something else up and says, is this in the budget, Pop? <laughs> and, so, and you know what? We look for things to be able to say no, to be able to teach the truths. Even before they're able to understand the truths, to teach the truth. Does, does Colin, at 18 months old, does Colin understand when he puts his hand together and, and, and his, his big sister across the table mumbles some words and then we all say, amen, and, and you know, and back into food? No, he doesn't understand that. But you teach the truths before they understand what the truths are all about. You look for opportunities sometimes to say yes and sometimes to say no. And secondly, real mothers are selfless. There, there's a lack of selflessness in a lot of mothers today. It's all, it's, it, it, it is all about them. It, it, even ha having a child is all about them. Being, being proud. But the proudest you can be is by raising a great child that knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Not by, not by this false persona that people want to put over like, oh, my, child, my children are perfect. You know, the only fool in the room is the one saying that because everybody else knows that your child is not perfect. Everybody else has to live with them and put up with them and, and deal with their brattiness and their, 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 you know, falling on the floor and pitching fits and stuff. You're the only one that really believes your children are perfect. So, so get over that and realize and be, be selfless. 
And, so, and, and, and so, listen, I, I hadn't said this in a while, and this is really going to be in a sermon this summer, but I, I, I'll go ahead and give it, give it to you this morning because it just fits, and I'll go ahead and get, in case you missed the sermon this summer. And some of you might not have six or eight weeks to wait for this point, so let me go ahead and give it to you right now. Is, you know, here's what happens. We grow up, all, and this is part of this terrible twos kind of things, but we grow up, and really for all of our lives, we're number one in our life. As a child, as a baby, as a child, as a teenager, we're number one in our lives. I mean, if there's nobody else, we've got to, you know, we, we, we don't live for our parents. We don't live for our friends. But then we get married. And let me say to you, don't ever get married until you're ready to become number two. I mean, because when you say I do, what you are saying is I'm no longer number one this person that I'm married to is now number one in my life. And then let me take that one more step. Don't ever become a parent until you're ready to be number three. And then for the rest of your life, understand, you're just going to keep going down the priority list. You have another child, you're number four. They get married, they start to have children, and then they start to have more children. They get a dog in the house, let me tell you something. You just keep going down the priority list on and on. So if you want to be number one in your life for the rest of your life, then don't ever get married and don't ever have children. Real mothers are selfless. Real mothers, they weren't number one when the child came into their life. They were already number two and they understood that. And they became number three, and then they chose to become number four, and then they moved on down as far as many people came into the Real mothers are selfless. Real mothers are the ones that my wife was telling me just the other day about, about her brother-in-law talking about her sister. That, some of you know him, but you've been helping us pray over the past couple of years about my mother-in-law and how, how now she's in the nursing home and, and she was, she was uh, getting close to 90 years old. And I mean, she, she, just a few years ago, she was driving the old ladies to church. 80-something years old, she was going and picking up the old ladies, and she was driving them to church. I mean, she was the youngster in the crowd, and she was driving them to church. She fell and broke her hip, and now she's in the nursing home. And for the longest she stayed, she stayed up a couple of years with Davis' older sister. They just did everything they could to keep her out of the nursing home. They did everything they, they possibly could until they, they just couldn't do it anymore. She's now in the nursing home. Davis said she was talking to her brother-in-law the other day, and, and he was talking about Linda, Davis' sister, and he said, you know, you know, here's, 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 what, here's what she's done. He said, I've seen her in the middle of the night, sick as, as a dog herself, and get up in the middle of the night and go take care of her mom. You know why that happened? That happened because it was modeled. That happened. Why did Linda get up in the middle of the night when she was sick and go and take care of her mom when she needed her? Because that was modeled to her, because her mom passed that down into her. Let me tell you something. Those of you who are smothering your kids and those of you who are, who are treating your kids and doing everything that your kids want to... I, I feel very, if you end up in a nursing home, I feel very sorry for you because you're going to be the ones that are probably the most lonely because you think all the stuff you've done for them is, is built inside of them and appreciation that is going to want them to come and help you. Let me tell you, that ain't what is happening. Why do I know that? Because I visit nursing homes. I've been to a lot of hospital beds. I can tell you that it's not the moms that have the most visitors are not the ones that did all the stuff. The ones that have the most visitors are the moms that did the right thing, that were selfless and, and, put, and put everybody else first and said, this is, this, this is the way it's got to be. And I don't know how in the world you moms do it. My wife now is a grandmom. I don't know how in the world she does it. You know, and it just seems like 
I was kind of getting on to her. She's not in the room now, so I can tell you what I was getting on to her yesterday a little bit. I said, you know, here's what you do. After the kids have been with you eight nights, I'm talking about the grandkids, three and one-year-old. After they've been with you for about eight or nine hours, you're like, I can't wait for Kristen to get here and take the kids home. i got to have a break. And Kristen gets there, and Kristen don't get home good. And she's thinking about, how can we get the kids back over here this evening? And they're going to spend the night with us tonight. I don't know how she does it. Honestly, and there's got to be just something about the mother's love that says, it is not about me. And they just go, and they go, and they go, and they go. And there's one last thing I want to tell you about real mothers, is they go to the mat for their kids. Stand with me, if you will. Just stand right where you're at. I normally just bring you straight down to the front, but I don't want to do that just yet. I want to ask all the moms to come to the front first, please. Jamie, y'all can, you're getting ready if you want to. I'm going to ask all the moms to come to the front, please. <coughs> mom, I'll tell you, I, I don't envy you, Mom. When, 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 when I was a kid and I watched my mom and how my mom worked and how selfless she was and all this, I didn't envy her. Now that, you know, I'm married to a mom, married to a grandmom, I still don't envy y'all. I mean, you know, guys, sometimes it's good to get up in the morning and go to work, ain't it? <laughs> Come on, somebody, say amen. You better say amen. Or I'll, <laughs> I'll preach to them moms if they don't. Britain, you need to come on down here. Amen. Yeah. I saw her face back there. And I want to ask, do we have any future moms? I want to ask you to come and, join, come and be with us. That I, I means one day you're going to be a mom. Come on. I want to ask you if you want to join us as well, please. And here's what, here, I want to tell you this last little thing. And as I, as I do, I want you to listen, man. I want you to listen, sons. I want you to listen, daughters. And I want you to come and get in here behind. And if you've, got a, if you've got a mom or a family member down here, come get real close to them. Come on. They go to the mat. You know what that, you know what that reference is? They go to the mat. That's, that's from wrestling. You know what real moms do? Real moms go to the mat. You know what it means to go to the mat? It, it, it means, you know, in wrestling, it means not just saying. <laughs> go into the mat. It's like. Getting the guy in a neck hold and taking him all the way to the ground. Or even if you get taken to the mat, that's going to the mat. If you get thrown, you get taken. You don't say, oh, I'm done. You go to the mat. You know, and I, I thought about you this morning, Elizabeth. I, I, t- I told Dave, I was sharing this with Dave. I said, man, I, I'm, 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 watching a, I'm watching a real mother being grown right here. And I know you've had a tough time. But, and she's going to the mat. I just, I just had a mental image of her with her, head, her arm around the head of the devil down on her mat, just holding him in a headlock and saying, not over my children. Not over my children. I won't let you go until you let go of my children. Taking them to the mat. Elizabeth, keep taking them to the mat. Be there for them. Mom, we need you. Man, we need you to go to the mat for our kids. As a dad, I'm saying, you know, I can tell you, dads, we need you to go to the mat for our kids. We need you to be serious about this. We need you to take them all the way down. We need you to be, we need you to be in prayer. We need you to be strong. 
We need you to be strong when we're not. We need you to fight when we've found our exit at 7.30 in the morning. And you've got to fight the rest of the day. We need you to fight. And that's why I wanted to bring you down first because I want to honor you this morning, first of all. But then I want you to know I want to pray for you. Because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's a more powerful force in this earth for the salvation of this world and for this country right now than a mother. More so than a dad. I mean, there's a lot of things a dad can do, but the mother. We need you, Mom. And, and I know some of you are tired. I could call some other names besides Elizabeth. I know some of you are tired. Please, fight one more fight. If you've got a mom that has gone to the mat for you, or you've got a wife that's gone to the mat for your children, you need to be appreciative today. If you hadn't planned anything yet, let me let you slip out first, go grab a card at the, at the store. You need to be appreciative today. Make it more than a card. Let them know you appreciate who they are as a mom. Make sure you, you let them know you thank God that they go to the mat because they don't go to the mat for the kids every once in a while. They have to go to the mat every single day. Grab them by the hand. Put your hand over on their shoulder. If you're close to a mom and, and uh, if there's a mom here by themselves or something, help me out. Find a mom by themselves and, and lay your hands on them because they're struggling. Go ahead, Jamie, when you can. She's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you finish praying. Pray strength over your mom right now. And I'm talking about the mom in your family. It may be your wife, but I'm talking about that mom in your family. Pray strength over the mom right now. Come on, bow with me right now. Ask God right now. Pray this prayer with me. I'm going to ask God's Holy Spirit to do an awesome thing today. God, God, I ask you, Lord. Lord, way beyond what I can do to encourage you.